Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ever since the big game feels like ages ago, the Cincinnati Bengals cannot get in the flow. Now they're not number one despite the name of the show. They became little kittens for Edgar Allan Poe. Our brain John Sheeran knew would lose in the fight, which really broke my heart because Sheeran's usually right. I don't know what he thinks about the New Orleans Saints, but if he say they're going to lose, I'm going to file a complaint with Bridget. Yeah. HR in the house. Electric in the house. Daddy McDuke foreclosed on the house. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Wow. That was quite Let's good. do it again. Intro. <laughs> that was great. Thank that you. That was very good. Thank that you. That was very good. And you're watching the number one Bengals podcast. You can subscribe on the podcasting networks and podcasts. Everywhere where you find podcasts, you find this podcast. podcast. Yeah. You can find podcasts on the side of the street. Subscribe. Yeah. Yeah. Find podcast, what? If a guy, store, subscribe. Yeah. Anyway, if a guy comes to your door and Where says, I got some podcasts, it? let yeah. him in because he probably has our podcast. I was going to say, that guy inside of the street, that's where you find us. Yeah. Yeah, we are but, inside yeah. of the street kind of podcast. John, how are you doing? I feel like I'm on a podcast that you can find on the street, man. I feel great. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. You can get a lot of great deals on the street. And this podcast is a great deal. It's free. Yeah. Unless you can make it not free. If you're a good person, you can go to patreon.com slash the Sports. We'll talk more about that later. But first, we want to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals because they yes. just played the Sunday night football contest. And, you know, the... They really stunk it up. Well, I wouldn't say that. I would say... Well, I would. I would say they were, they, were, they were in the game up until the end. They had a, a couple of really nice drives, John. But the offense stalled for yeah. long periods of time. And I think you tweeted, John, that the issue is what the, the passing on second down or the long kind of passing downs were not were not able to generate a lot. Yeah, you really read that correctly. Um, early down passing on first and second down, regardless of the distance to gain. Distance, yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. that's the good teams in the NFL do well on those downs passing the ball. The Bengals, to do be not. surprised with no one, are not good, and that's. No. Definitely, in my mind, like at least statistically, the most consistent problem with this team. Because even back in week three and week four against the Jets and Dolphins, when they scored 27 points in those games, they were still inconsistent, if not ineffective, passing on those downs. They got away with a lot of third down success, and that's where the explosive plays, for the most part, came from. But as we saw in this game, no explosive plays to be had. You continue to just shoot yourself in the foot on early downs and put yourself in situations where you have to convert every third down that's given to you because you can't convert first down on first or second down, you're going to lead to 17-point outings when you probably should be scoring north of 20 points. So yeah. it's it's a huge problem, and I think we all can kind of you know determine where like the, the issues that lead to that problem are, but until it gets solved, like it's going to be hard for this team to compete with the best offenses. Well, I, I, but, I, I, yeah. I had the thought while I was watching the game. So... The Bengals, I think this was in the third quarter. They committed some sort of um, some sort of foul, and it it made it first and fifteen. And at like that the, time, I was okay. thinking, thank God it's first and fifteen because they're not just going to shove the ball into Joe Mixon's heart and make the man run for a yard and get killed. I mean, honestly, why am I dumb? Why not just try passing the ball more? 
Well, to answer your question, Bridget won't let, let me answer that question. Are you dumb? She right. said I can't answer I, that. No, that's called bullying. No. That's called bullying. It's called bullying. Yeah. Bridget. And rhetorical questions have but no Bridget answer. Bridget is a bully. She's an HR bully. She keeps us in line. That's what she does. But that's to answer your mom? question, John, it is amazing. You said, you know, Wait a minute. good what about teams my are question? able to get on the first and second down. And the Bengals cannot do that. But you are implying they are still a good team. And that is a kind of a amazing story. They are a good team. They are a story. good team solely because of Lou Anaromo. Slowly, well, solely because of the defense was able to contain well, Lamar when others cannot. Solely yeah. because that defense, honestly, that defense is like a wall that will stand as long as it can until the offense embarrassingly will let that wall leak and fail. And I'm well, sorry, I love Joe yeah. Burrow more than anybody Not else. Not once I, did I imply that they were still a good team, by the way. John, yeah, he never said that. But don't put words in right. his mouth or mine or Please. Bridget's. That's yeah. Really yeah. Please, we need order in the podcast room. And I would just say this, Hoji, to answer your question. Yeah. When they got Joe Mixon going, and I would say after that Von Bell interception, Mixon, it wasn't just Mixon, the holes. I mean, John, there were some holes on the left side that I hadn't seen all year. There were just some gaping holes. And I don't know what the Ravens were doing wrong or what Joe Mixon was doing right, but it seemed like the blocking was on point and Mixon had a bit of purpose. He had a bit of, he had some inspiration where he was very focused on where he wanted to go for like two drives or so, right? Yeah, well, what does two drives do for you? No, I mean, for a while. I mean, he only had 14 carries, but I think most of them are, the successful ones are on those two drives, you know? And yeah, he had his best game of the season. Five and a half a carry, right? Like 5.6, and I think Piran mm -hmm. was 5.7, so Piran was, again, still better. But John, yeah, good teams. I think, Go ahead. I think, I th well, good teams. <laughs> just, just because they ran successfully 14 times doesn't make them a good team, but that looked like what the running game should be. Should have been looking like for the past five weeks when they've tried to reintegrate some of these shotgun runs to make their offense a little bit less predictable in terms of how teams view them from the pre-snap phase. I from the what I saw, like it didn't seem like the Ravens were crowding the box at all. Like they, I think, had seventy percent of their plays in two high looks, but they didn't, they oftentimes disguised those looks. But regardless, they didn't have you know seven or eight guys in the box consistently, so those gaps were pretty open from the get-go and I think the offensive line had by far its best game like Joe Burrow talked last week about how that was the most time he ever had in the pocket this game was even better and it wasn't for a lack of trying from the Ravens I think they have solid pass rushers but they could not stop the Bengals offensive line from getting movement on some of those downs and it allowed Mixon to have that space to be more of a downhill runner and I think that the scheme in which like they ran out of shotgun I think it really fit what Mixon was doing and yeah like that just goes to show you, though, why it wasn't so important for the Bengals to get the run game going, for the offense to get going as a as a result of it. Because as we saw, the offensive line had an amazing game. Joe Mixon had his most efficient game. The offense still scored 17 points. It all relies on Burrow in the passing game right now. And until that gets fixed, the rest of the, the rest of the offense doesn't get fixed either. So and John, to, to what degree, points. John? To what degree, John? Excuse me, Daddy. To what degree, John? Do you think the absence of T. Higgins plays a part in all this? It did, but you have to wonder if it should in the first place, though. Like, I, not every offense in the NFL, not every good offense in the NFL has three high-quality receivers. Exactly. Two 
that are as explosive as Higgins and Chase. You would think that just with Chase and Boyd and Hayden Hurst, you clearly play with the chip on the shoulder. Like that would be enough to stretch the field against any defense, regardless if it's the Ravens defense. I, I do think that my my biggest concern with this game was the fact that the Ravens had a new defensive coordinator in Mike uh, McDonald, and they didn't really they weren't really sure what scheme he was going to run out there. Like they are used to playing against man coverage and blitz heavy schemes against the Ravens. And the Ravens did anything but that. They played a ton of zone, and they they didn't really rush more than four guys. And that's the recipe for success against the Bengals' offense right now. And I think that because they didn't have any experience playing against this Ravens team with that scheme, they were going to be looking for answers for most of the game, and that seemed to be the case. But, yeah, not having Higgins out there doesn't make the offense better. You would just still expect Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd to to produce and to be asked to stretch the field more than they did. So, John... I just have a question about that because as I was watching some of the plays last night, and I know this is a narrative that people have commented on throughout the season. Are there times, or is anyone else feeling like there are times when Burrow is forcing the Burrow to chase connection? Because there, there were a couple throws where I was like, dude, not your, not your best man. And I felt like he was trying to, sorry, like, we know Burrow can throw time. Yeah. I apologize. But actually, that discussion is off limits on the show. I'm sorry about that. But You've been censored, Bridget. You've been yeah. censored. I refuse but I will, to be silenced. But I will yeah. address your Burrow question, which is, you know, why are they limiting Joe Burrow? And this was something that we saw, this tweet today, where he said, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing I can do if they're going to play us like they did today, because basically there is no schemes for me to throw to my players. I can't do anything if they don't let me do anything. And who's they, John? You setting me up for something? I just called your name, so... Yeah, just say it. I would say this, John. You know, I look at the Ravens, and they don't have any receivers. They don't have any. Everybody say they don't have any receivers. Lamar Jackson, we saw his accuracy, or his lack of accuracy. He missed on about three huge throws, right? One of them was that interception. Two of them were wide open. I don't say wide open. One of them was wide open. One of them was pretty open. Desperate, yeah. And I love Lamar Jackson, very good quarterback, but what does that tell you? It tells you that they're scheming the receivers open. They're average receivers, and they're making plays. And you can do that with a Lamar Jackson who, let's just say, that's Joe Burrow's strength, the accuracy, and it's Lamar Jackson's, let's say, closest thing to a weakness. I still think he's good accuracy-wise, but he's not maybe, you know, Mahomes good or that kind of stuff. But anyways, and then our receivers, I mean, that is the strength of the entire roster, and that is their weakness. And yet, and our secondary is very good, and yet they were constantly, constantly getting these little gains in different ways, different routes, different people. Might I explain? Because, I mean, I, I feel like maybe I'm the only QB, former QB coach here on this panel. So, Daddy, you're completely right. Or no, I'm sorry, Bridget, you're completely right. Yes, Joe is looking for uh, his man, Jamar, a little too often. And you'll notice that when he's not looking for Lamar, he's looking now for Hurst. And the reason for that, in my humble opinion, is because Joe is an intuitive QB. He's not a play-by-the-book QB. This is why Daddy's thesis that better play-calling would help. It won't help. What he needs is just a little more uh, 
time with these other guys, play with them. When 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 a QB he knows like T Higgins is gone, it has a huge effect on him because he's an intuitive QB. He knows the way they catch. He knows where to place the ball for them specifically. I, I'm he sorry, doesn't. He doesn't play. He's one. not. He, he's not the Aaron Rodgers type. Uh, cerebral type quarterback like Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers. He's an intuitive quarterback. And so that's why he does so well with Jamar Chase. There was one key play where he forced it to And it was an interception. Yes, Daddy is right. I I don't think it's necessarily just always looking at Chase. In in this game, there was an emphasis to get the ball in Chase's hands as quick as possible because they were trying to, I think, force the Ravens' defense closer to the line so then you can free up some deep shots down the field. And to their credit, whenever they're given a single high look, they almost always go with the vertical route down the sideline to get into that whole shot. With with Chase, though, you have to... I mean, imagine if Higgins missed this entire game and Chase only got like four targets. The conversation would be, why did you not feature Chase more in the offense? Instead, he got 12 targets for only 50 yards because, again, they didn't scheme up solid plays to get him down the field. And that that is an issue, right? It's almost like they over... To me, they overcorrect a lot to the point where it's just creating a new problem from an already existing problem. And the problem yes. was initially you need to you need to force defenses to respect what you have in the underneath game and the run game just to force them closer to the line of scrimmage. And now they're doing check down after check down after check down because either A, like they're just telling Burrow to just always go to that after the first couple of seconds to just to not take a sack, right? Just to get some type of positive yardage. Or B they're trying to set things up down the field and nothing's coming open. That's a scheme issue. That's a coaching and an execution issue. It's all those things, but it does seem like it's an overcorrection. So, John, well, let, and, let and, and if I might pick up on that, when they tried to do a weird quote unquote play calling situation, right. you remember this crazy, Let's really look at honest. They empty it out, fourth and goal. Burrow rolls, looks to throw it inside incomplete. They try to shovel it to. Yeah, yeah that, was a bad, that was a bad play. That but was I was, play, I was talking, down? Yeah. yeah, I was talking about the flea, flea flicker. The flea flicker, the flea they flicker did yeah, was horrible. Down. Yeah, that was so dumb. It, it was, was an, what, it was the most two, important, the most, like, it's the most yeah. important third down maybe of the game. And yeah. you do a flea flicker. You know what? You do a risky mean. kind of stupid play no, like no. that. It's not. Was it it's not second risky. down? And it was a Philly special. Second was it second? But I mean, here's the. I really disliked that play. No, I mean, I think you have a you have an elite QB. It's not an Andy Dalton. You don't need to do flea flickers. Yeah, make I your agree. QB do I the work. I would say this. So the only thing I'll say about that, though, and I know other folks have s- said this, if that play goes well, everyone is talking about but like, look, on. they're created. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just, didn't because hate, it, I didn't yeah. hate that play. I mean, it was unfortunate what happened to Tyler Boyd, but I feel like there needs to be like, yes, the Philly yep. special isn't unique. Um, it, like it's not exciting, but from the offense we've seen this season, it was yeah, one but, of the but more here's exciting the here's, moments. Here's what I want to yeah. say to but, John. But, but, it's not about the creativity. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have the flea flicking, Philly cheesing, whatever play yeah. here. I don't have it to show you, but I remember in that play, not only did Boyd get a lot of people in his face, but if you looked at Burrow, who is apparently the target, because he is the he is the cheese of steak in this analogy. Yeah, I hate that. If analogy. you look at him, he was in the crowd too, John. It and was a horrible play. No, my, it was a dumb play. Is, my point, yeah, but my point is, Joe this. Burrow is not a receiver. Hold on. Look, my l- point, listen. My, we don't know that. But my point is this: the creative p- 
plays, it seems like they're just put in there without a lot of situational awareness about what you're facing. And if you look at this one, if you look at the shovel pass, where was this ball going to go against that defense? They empty it out, fourth and goal. Burrow rolls, looks to throw it inside. There's like five guys surrounding, was it? No, Stanley it was desperation. Morgan or whoever. Well, it's the, not so supposed it's like, to take four seconds, and the blocker is not supposed to be in front of Morgan to get in, in the way of it. It's yeah, an execution thing. It, it was just a mess. And what I'm saying is, so I'm so who's to blame? Who do we who do we who do we hang for this, John? Come on, one person. We're hanging. Who's to blame? Who we're is not, to blame? We're not hanging anyone. We're not in the village. It's it's this is, in this the, the problem. Manual. This is the problem of discourse, man. Football talk analysis has become so bastardized and so just plain stupid. Sorry, because I meant who do we behead? <laughs> oh, okay, that's better. <laughs> it's, it's all it's all results based. Like like Bridget's Bridget's right. And I think Daddy was right to an extent, man. Like if these things work, then this is not what we're talking about. But of course, after last week, after the Thursday night game, when they still had clear issues sustaining drives on offense, no one gave no one gave a crap because they scored twenty seven and they had some exciting plays. These issues have persisted all week, all season, I should add. Like they, they haven't just gone away. Like we have to look deeper than John. just what the actual results are. John, okay, but but I, who I, like when a play would, like that goes bad. Is it the offensive coordinator, head coach, quarterback? It is who whoever is, is calling the plays. And in this situation, Zach Taylor is, is spreading out the blame. He's saying we all call the plays together. I'm just no, but Daniel, it's bigger than that, right? It, yeah. it's, it's not just calling no, but, that play in that situation. It's actually how do they practice that play, right? What, yeah. what, what do yeah. they see? That's in, true. In, That's true. Yeah. But I'm That's saying what there's I mean. a feel. I, I think the best play callers, if you look at the Andy Reid, right? He has like an encyclopedia of plays. But it's not just about having all those plays. It's about having a feel for the game and what you're seeing on the defense. Okay. Okay. And, and it, who's responsible for generating that feel, Daddy? Yeah, that was my question. Feel, that appears that that voice is acting that he's the final say on generating well, of course, that he's, he's the play yeah. caller and the head coach. Yeah. But it, so, yeah. people, it's, right, just people, a, it's a very West Wing mentality to be like, okay, who's the person we're going to yeah. blame? Like, there doesn't, yeah. there's lots well, of Moji blame was an to be had. In the White House, so. I feel like John and Bridget are saying, hang them all. And I, yeah. I don't like I'm that. saying hang well, no I'm a man one. Of I think peace. John and I'm a man I are of saying peace. hang no one. You, okay, Everybody has all. some culpability. And so, everyone can improve. Not just that. Not just that. People, I think the, the general idea is that Zach is over, is in over his head because he's still a fourth-year head coach who's trying to call plays, and he's got too much, I guess, food on his plate to handle all these responsibilities. And that that's still like the general narrative with it. And I understand that because he does have the title of play caller. But this is not all on him in, in the sense that not all these responsibilities are falling on him. The guy that people want to replace Taylor with his play caller, Brian Callahan, Every everyone I've talked to about the situation has told me that his primary, like the mo- the majority of his influence, is in the red zone. The red zone is exactly what people are talking about their ineptitude last night. So are, are we saying that that the the answer is to give every single iota of play calling responsibility John, to the guy whose responsibility for, for the I red zone? I wasn't sure if you said this or someone else that maybe there's just too many cooks in the kitchen. So no. you so it's to give Zach Taylor complete. Autonomy with the playbook, then, or Joe Burrow? No, Joe, Joe Burrow is a player. Look, you can't do me, that. You can put John, that on his. That's too much. Not for Peyton one. Manning. John, let's even even Peyton could he really do let, that? Peyton couldn't do it in the third year, anyways. John, yeah. What? Look at this. So it's third down and eight, and look at what we have dialed up. Matchups all the way across. Comes from the edge as well. Burrow protected. 
Gets it out to his tight end, Hayden Hurst, the former Ra- So yeah, what is that? This is what Burrow's talking about when he says, I have no real options downfield. What, what well, we didn't see downfield. Like, I mean, we couldn't see what was happening downfield. Yeah. Well, we don't have the alt 22 or whatever, the, the alt rights uh, version of the game, whatever <laughs> it's called. John? Can't all, the, all that I'm saying is that every time we have the discussion about Zach Taylor as a crappy play caller and he should give up responsibilities, there is no solid answer here aside from just changing for the sake of change. And I get okay, that Bengals fans, Bengals fans went, through, went through that four or five years ago when they wanted to fire Marvin Lewis, right? And they eventually did yeah. that and they brought in an institute of the culture change. There is no quick or positive solution to Zach Taylor giving up the title of play caller because even if he does, the, the collaboration process between all the coaches, the quarterback's coach, the offensive coordinator, the head coach, that still exists. It's just a different person yeah. with that title. The plays don't actually change. The plan needs to change. And the plan mm. doesn't change if, if just the title changes. So what about, what about the pass blocking schemes like this? What happened on this sack? See here, you have, if you look at my lines I'm drawing, you have mm. this guy coming around here and he sacks him, right? But what you should have had I, I, I think was, was Lyle a, Collins involved in that because that man, no. honestly, well, well I, I, what I read, when I watch John, Lyle Collins play, I love I love everybody. I'm a man of peace and love. I feel like I could do a better job than Lyle Collins. John, me, what I me, read, me. No. I, I, that was, that was I'm getting I think it might have been. I don't. I don't remember. It was maybe oh. our friend Parker Blake or Mike Santagada or Matt Munich. I don't remember, but one of them said basically on that play, the tackles need to realize that they have to come a little bit more inside so that the, the guards can pick up the, the free man. Let uh, me tell bo- you. Both edges were showing blitz or showing rush. And then they backed out. And so then right? the tackles have to adjust. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Let me just make a comment. If you have any doubt that our offensive line is not standing in the right place and not, and not also making sure that the, that the defense is in the, the right place, why in the world would Burrow throw the ball against someone's arm three times in one game. Something is wrong. People are either too close to his arm or his line of vision. It is not normal for a QB as good and as talented as Joe Burrow to throw the ball and have it boink off someone else's arm. Someone is too close to him in his line of vision. I think maybe, I I couldn't figure it out. I watched the plays over and over again. I couldn't figure out why that happened. It happened twice in a row, then it happened later in the game. Say boink again. Wasn't it, wasn't it Lyle Collins? You should Collins, do sound design for the NFL. Thank you. Wasn't it Lyle Collins uh, giving up the pressure on those Yeah, two? I mean, Lyle Collins, listen, I would, number one thing I would do is, by the, by the way, Lyle, if you're watching the show, you are always welcome here. We're a fan of you and everyone else. I think you should be fired. I think that Lyle Collins must be fired from the Cincinnati Bengals today, not tomorrow, replaced with a rookie or anybody else. Okay. I was thinking, what was a what was our guest's name last week? Parker Blake. Parker. So I, now I feel like he has totally changed my mindset, and I feel like what did he say? Like you got to play with your feet, not your body, or and like not Lal in particular did not look like he was playing with his feet. He looked. Yeah. I mean, I know. I believe we were he, talking about the size of the butts of the players, right? And you were saying that certain I think that was a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> oh, okay. But I, you can see that they're, I don't know, they were just playing a little sloppy. Yeah, yeah, he was, saying, he, was saying play, he was saying they were playing, you're right, he was saying they were playing with their heads, or they should play with their, they should play with, play their, with feet their feet and not with their heads. So I was because they're leaning their in. Feet. 
I was watching their feet and I was like, oh, they're not react. They're not like standing firm. It, it just didn't feel dynamic. So they need to, they need to hire Parker. They got to get Quentin Tarantino in there. There was a couple, well, he's in the happiest place in the world. He's in Utah, which I'll do. I don't know how that works. If you have to pay an annual, you know, pass or you get, but he's, he's there in Utah, happiest place in the world. But look, let me just say he, he's talking about Parker Blake, by the way, for those who don't know, our guest from last week, Parker Blake is uh, lives in Utah. John, Utah has been called the happiest place in the, in the world. John, why? There were a couple of plays, big plays. It seems to me that whenever the offensive line held up now, I know everybody's like, oh, that was only two seconds. That was only, you know, and I know that maybe sometimes they technically held up other, t- you know, a little bit more or the same amount. But I know a clean pocket when I see it. Yeah. And a clean pocket, you know, you they, they get, different things get called a clean pocket. But a pocket that the passer can comfortably sit back and throw, even if it's just two seconds, but enough focus, you know, nothing in his vision is what I call a clean pocket. And there was a couple of cases of that. So let's look at the Hurst, Hayden Hurst touchdown. Uh, friendly words back and forth. Burrow throws over the middle. It's caught by the former Raven, Hayden Hurst. I mean, and, well, first of all, look at that yeah. pass. And second of all, look at that hustle by Hurst. Hurst is turning mm-hmm. out to be one of my favorites. But it's just, that you know, when delicious. I see that, when I see that, John, it, it's, it's weird. It reminds me of an Andy Dalton touchdown because Andy Dalton, his big plays usually just came when the pocket was almost perfect, you know? And you have Joe Burrow just hanging out and waiting for the opportunity. Then he strikes. And it's very nice to see. It's very refreshing. I hadn't seen it in his first two years, you know, early in this season either. Look, Joe Burrow has been told by someone, I don't know who, to throw on the run less, to maneuver no, out no, of the pocket less. he has the chance to. Let's look, at the, let's look at the Mike Thomas long game, too. Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins have not been targeted yet tonight. Burrow throws. It's complete. It's Mike Thomas with the catch. And on the run is Thomas. So that's another pretty standard play, right, for most teams. But for the Bengals, John, correct me if I'm wrong, that is something new that we're seeing where they're holding up and letting him go through his progressions. And he's hitting his fourth, fifth options on those plays. Eh, I mean, I think the protection's been fine for the past few weeks. It's not what's been holding the offense back. With that one, it seemed like the Ravens were playing really off. And I think they just ran like a bunch of deep hitches. So Thomas just had a clean area to catch the ball and turn up field. Good play by him. You know, the Ravens were playing a zone. Is what, that, is what the announcers were saying, Chris Collinsworth was saying, and he said they were not usually playing a zone. Now, I don't know what that means, but they won. They were, yeah. I mean, the whole field is the play zone, if that's what you mean. No, I think play zone. All... Always... But no, seriously, I, I, I'm with you guys. I don't know quite what the problem is, but I do know that, you know, Joe Burrow is not is not the kind of guy that you're going to expect, uh, you know, to uh, to do th- things that a very mobile Q- QB will do. He is mid-mobile. He's I, not very mobile. I don't think, no, I disagree. I, he, I know needs, that he, he needs to no. sit back. And just, There's different types of mobile. <laughs> and Joe Burrow is like, I don't know, John, before he was drafted, you know, you said Tony Romo. A lot of people said Tony Romo. I can see that. But, you know, even maybe a, a John Elway, you know, I mean, not a big John Elway fan, but John Elway, the way that he was mobile 
you know, to free up the, the kind of, it's different than Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, it's like, you're worried he's going to run for 30 yards. And when he gets out of the pocket, and he starts like flying around that changes how the defense, you know, plays the receivers. That's not what Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow, let's say like Aaron Rodgers, a more recent guy, right? Where yeah, he he's not an Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is more mobile than Joe and, Burrow. And kind of improvise. Anyways, the Joe, point is that's Aaron Rodgers has great, great awareness of everything that's around him. Aaron Rodgers, no, 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 he doesn't. Joe Burrow does hair doesn't. coming out of that hat. John, look, Joe, look, Joe, Joe Burrow, this is my, my the this, Saints before John. No, leaves. I got to say one thing. I just got to respond to you, Daddy, because I think that's the misconception is that Joe Burrow is an Aaron Rodgers. He's not. He's he doesn't better. have that kind of awareness. I agree. When, when Aaron Rodgers, when someone's behind him, he knows someone's behind him. When someone's to the left of him, he knows someone's to the left of him. And he can throw the ball in those situations because he knows everything that's around him. I've never seen him boink the ball off of someone's hand. Okay. I love Hold Joe Burrow. I love Joe he Burrow. Just had but Joe Burrow needs the clean pockets. He needs up. his pockets cleaned. No. Joe Burrow, for some reason, is not seeing what he wants to see down the field, as John said. In the first and second no, downs, no one sees there's that. not there's not the opportunities in terms no. of whatever there's play calling or that's an excuse. He's not seeing it. No and one sees it. This is the it's NFL. Not an ex- it's not an excuse, Hoji. It's just what it is. Yeah. Okay, agree to disagree. So we'll move on to the Saints. So that wrong. was that was beautifully. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think I don't think anyone's coping like Burrow right now. He's not playing well. Like it Wait, falls on him. Okay, too. no, no, I didn't. The, yeah, I didn't that's what I'm saying. To go that. Okay, let's just move on. Let us move on and but talk about I'm... the New Orleans Saints, who are going to play the Cincinnati Bengals. And fun fact, Joe Burrow played his college football in the same state. John, mm. what else do you know about this game? <laughs> hmm. I mean, that's defense. a low bar, John. Yeah, you really set me up well there. Saints have Andy Dalton, a quarterback. They're going to play him. Potentially for the third year in a row. On a he always team. beats us too. Uh, they have Taysom Hill, who doesn't have a position. He just ends up getting the ball from time to time. Kind of feels like he's like he's made Dalton a cuckold a little bit. I don't know. It feels like a lot of this the Saints' offense right now is because of Taysom Hill, but Andy Dalton still gets to get those uh, victory formation kneel downs. I don't know. It feels a little weird to me. Defense is still. Okay, I think Cameron Jordan is still a really good edge, but Marcus Lattimore, who the, who's their best cornerback, he's getting torched on a weekly basis. Justin Jefferson had the best of him last week. Geno Smith dropped 32 on him. He might be the best quarterback in the league now. So I don't think the Saints defense is as good as they probably should have been entering the season, but I think playing in that stadium again, though, the Superdome, which is where Burrow and Chase played their last game at LSU. You know what? I'll say right now. Chase goes off for 150 yards. In wow. the Superdome with Burrow, they 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 get some type of magic there. You know, they 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 start smelling that cigar smell that they all smoked in the locker room at after the LSU national title game. I'm I'm sensing like some nostalgia is gonna is gonna come back to them. That's your that's your prediction. What's your final it's, score? It is my prediction. My final score. Screw it. Bengals win twenty eight to seventeen. So I'll go next. Okay, you're gonna think I'm crazy, but Dalton is a man of God, right? And there is no vengeance like the vengeance of a man of God. I think the Saints win it, and uh, I think it's going to be ugly. I think it's going to be a low point for the Cincinnati Bengals. We will lose. Uh, we will lose horribly. It will be ten to thirty-nine. 
Daddy, you're muted. You literally silenced Daddy. Bridget. Yeah, so so now the, the jinx is up, right? I said we'd lose and we lost. So I had been 0-4 or 4-0, depending on how you go with it. I love this team and I love the Bengals and I am Hude Nation all the way. I am going to be a little bit closer to Hoji. I think what I saw, we are in a momentum team. I've said that for a lot of years. Regardless of the culture change, we're still a momentum team. I think we are not going to have the momentum we need coming out of this Sunday night. I think it's going to be, see, I would go 21-17, but I would say it in favor of the Saints. Yeah. But I will be in New Orleans, so if anyone is there, come find me and and tell me why you think otherwise. I'm sorry to I'm sorry that we have to agree on this. Yeah, yeah. I, I, something about Joe Burrow. He looks tired. He looks stressed. He looks like he's sick of the game. It's not the Joe Burrow we saw last year. Did he you see the be, bags under his eyes yeah. on the close up? Like he did, he looked tired. He 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 seems something is off with the yeah. with the young man. He does not look like his cheery. He looks you know, he doesn't look like the home alone yeah, kid anymore. I mean, look, I I will agree with you guys honestly with Bridget and Hoji that I, I feel like John that Joe Burrow he would feel sick to his stomach after the game. It is going to be one of those games where he's just going to feel sick. And I think final score would be 45 to 13 Bengals and the play of the game will be Joe Burrow who has six touchdowns this week so God, so how I is he sick you're I, right. okay, what, what do you mean by you're sick right. then what did you going to be sick of winning you know oh. you, you're going to win so much, that much. You you're sick, sick of it yeah. yes we all know the yeah. famous quote yeah you fascist. but look <laughs> if you are sick of this podcast good news we are done talking and you can subscribe and uh, leave five star review and leave money if you go to the different Patreon. That Smash the like sports. button and put a comment in the put the comment in the comment yeah. section. Hey, I no, would like to know me, who should hang. Who should we, had, we hang? We had negative four subscribers last month. That is fascinating because we had thousands of views and people are unsubscribing. Like if it is crazy that nobody subscribes to our show, it is free. I don't know how to tell you the subscription. Maybe maybe I talk too much about money. The subscription is free initially and so just subscribe to our youtube channel and do that if you don't do that hoji is going to use some of that whatever that uh, magic he was talking about with the uh, the the wrath of god or whatever he's gonna get andy dalton to do that i don't think he's using magic i think he's going with his bare hands he's hanging people now like he's like he's on a violent spree yeah he is should we do something about this it's a language thing. That's in Village Island. That's how we speak about it. When you want to say blame, we say hang or behead. So there you go. Yeah, but uh, but I, I I really would like for you to know in the comments: Is it the coaching? Is it the borough? Is it what? Is it the offensive line? Is it Lyle yeah. Collins? Who is it that is we blame? it a lack of DJ Reader? Is it a lack of DJ Reader? Lots DJ, of things. Lack of DJ yeah. Higgins. What's going on? Okay, so yeah, what is going on? And with that. Yeah. We will end the show. So, thank you very much for listening. I'm Daddy McTook. I'm joined by always by Dr. Hoji Lekurgis Moji and the other two John Branchier and Bridget the HR Gentiles. And 
yeah so subscribe like share leave comments do all that kind of stuff go follow yeah. john's stuff on city jungle and follow all of the rest of the gang on twitter we'll see you next time so long Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.